Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Houghton. And I'm James Marriott. So, Dom, um, unbeaten starts the season, scored five, conceded three, two clean sheets, and through to the next round of the EFL Cup. Um, decent start. It's not bad, is it? Going rather well. I hate to pull you up so early into the podcast, but Wednesday have scored, I think, six goals, actually, James. Um, but, um, yes, we will take the four points. Do you want to start that again? Or... Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we we will leave by... Clearly, I prepared this while watching the game last night uh, and didn't take out the fact that we scored a second goal. So um, I could see you pulling that face as I was saying it. But you always pull that face. How me, could so. you forget that? Shake it, baby. Silly, silly me. So yeah, six goals. Um, I think let, let's all right. Let's let's get on with with game one then, because this was. I mean, if you're going to start the season with with a goal fest, you might as well go for it, hadn't you? So that three all game against Portsmouth opening day of the season, which was a story of Wednesday, you know, playing some lovely football clearly scoring goals from all over the pitch, defensively looking in absolute um, shambles. There, there were certainly like defensive alarm bells, weren't they, after that that first game. Dominic Iorfa looked like, you know, he was totally shot of, of confidence. Um, and, and other players as well, having a, a wobbly kind of first game of the season. So I guess we've got to talk about that. But what I think what we've got to contrast that with is the fact that actually two games that have happened since then... Wednesday actually looking a lot more solid in defence quite quickly. Absolutely. Big improvement there has been. And there needed to be after that 15-minute bonkers period against Portsmouth that cost Wednesday two points. And I think when you break it down, James, it's pretty simple that if you ask most Wednesday fans, they would definitely have taken four points from the first two league matches. Yep. You just would have expected it to have maybe come the other way around where yep. they'd be some Portsmouth at home and then drawn at MK. And, uh, so, yeah, I, I think it could actually turn out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise what happened against Portsmouth. That It was a very sort of quick reminder to Wednesday that they can't afford to have dodgy 15-minute periods where they don't stop crosses coming into the box. And, um, you know, I think it's understandable to an extent when it's a new look back three. When you, you know, you bear in mind too that Dominic Iolfa hasn't played a lot of football in the last yeah. couple of years. So I think you have to cut him a little bit of latitude for that. Uh, and then you had uh, Michael Hecker and Ben Hennigan and David Stockdale in goal. And um, yeah, but, but it followed on, didn't it, from Wigan in pre-season where they shipped him four goals. And we spoke about it on the last podcast that that was a concern. But to Wednesday's credit, they did then really tighten up uh, when they went to MK Dons. And, you know, they dug deep and ground out the result. And frankly, if they do that another 20 times this season, I'm not going to care one jot as Wednesday they're going to get promoted if they do that. So it's not always going to be pretty. It's about getting the job done. And two points per match, that's automatic promotion for. That will win the league. So if Sheffield Wednesday can carry on picking up the points that they've you know accumulated so far and continue that for another 44 matches, then they're going to get promoted. 
you, uh, you make it sound so simple. Like, I mean, that's it then. We're home and dry. We're, we're pretty much in the championship already. Announce promotion. We could have been standing up when Sunderland were singing that song last night because, you yes. know, we're pretty much, we're pretty much there. Um, all right, I, 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 I kind of felt like we could have recorded an entire podcast just about the Portsmouth match because there were so many little things going on, weren't there, in that, in that game. And it always happens, new look side, there'd be new players coming in. Um, but actually, the, the player that really caught our eye, um, I, I think probably for all of us, not a new player, but kind of felt a little bit like a new player, which was Fizz, who um, seems to... We actually touched on this, didn't we, in our in our podcast just before that game, where we said he looks a little bit different now. He looks to have really kind of built himself up. He looks like he's worked on himself from a physical point of view. And boy, you could tell that on the pitch, because he, he's, he, he just... It, it wasn't about beating players. He could just force them out of the way. He's just bigger than everybody else now. Um, and that was a real kind of like... You know that was marker in the sand, wasn't it? In terms of what we might see from him, but certainly in terms of him saying, you know, no one's talking about me as one of the starters in this three-man midfield. Do you know what? I want one of those places. I look at the Fazeu Delibishiru situation in a lot of ways. That um, if Wednesday are going to tie him down to new contract, I almost felt as if Wednesday had to start him from the beginning of the season to prove and show to him that they want to keep him, they see him as a big part of the plans and that they want to give him a run in the side to show what he can do and boy has he done that in the last two matches and then the the downside of this is that uh, you score two goals like he did at Portsmouth, he should have really had another one at Milton Keynes, he missed a great chance before half time or certainly could have squared it to Josh Windass. Josh Windass was absolutely livid with him for not mm-hmm. picking him out there. And um, so he's put himself in the shop window. And so actually, it's all he's done, and I've written about this uh, on Yorkshire Live this week, that he's, he's strengthened his own position and that Dedebashiru is in a great spot in terms of what he wants to do next. And so he, you know, from Wednesday's point of view, they need to sort that situation out as soon as possible. You know, we don't want this dragging on for much longer about, you know, his future, his deal being up next summer. But, you know, he's got some serious talent and we've said it all along. We've known from day one since he came to the football club that the ability is there. It's whether he can do it consistently. And the jury's still out for me on whether he can do it consistently. That's what he's still got to prove. He's done it over two league matches so far. Can he do it 10, 15 matches on the bounce and show that he's too good for League One? That's the yeah. challenge for Dele Bashiru. But he's certainly made a very strong start to the season. But yeah, I fear that the contract situation might go on and run well, on for a bit longer, which if, is not if you, healthy if you, for Wednesday. If you're him... Um, then you think, you know, he's going to have confidence that he can continue to do that for, you know, another eight or nine games. Uh, Every good performance he puts in, every goal that he scores, does two things. Firstly, it adds a little bit onto his 
value. Obviously, every week less on his contract takes a little bit off, but, you know. Um, the other thing it does is it strengthens his case in terms of what he should be getting paid. So he's going to want to wait, isn't it? It's with his interest to, to, to kind of hold out for as long as possible. Even if he wants to stay at Sheffield Wednesday, um, it's still going to be, you know, his advisors will be telling him, look, if you continue playing like this, you can double your wage by the time he gets to the back end of the uh, of the year. Um, and they're going to be really nervous as it gets towards January. They're going to want to keep you. They're going to pay you more. So you, you can't blame him. But obviously for us as fans, it's like he is... I talk a lot, don't I, about players who are kind of part of the the past of the football club. They've, they've had their, their heyday. Um, and then players who are part of our future. And he is very much like a real key part of our future if he believes in what's going on if he wants to um, hang around and if he's enjoying his football. Certainly the latter, it, it looks like it at the moment, doesn't he? It looks like he's, um, he's, he's, he's kind of you know, lo- loving every second that he's, um, that he's out there. And that's really starting to shine in his performances, which is, uh, which is great. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you kind of like, as a fan, you think, would it be better if he has a few dodgy games? Does that maybe take a bit of the attention away? But, you know, we, we, this season's going to be unforgiving, is it? It's going to be relentless. We're going to need him on top form all the way, um, all the way through. Going back to um, Portsmouth then, any other kind of standout players for, for, for you? I know it's, it's, a, it's a while ago now. Really, it was Deli Bashiru, wasn't it, who stole yeah. the show? So I would say that he was the one we, we touched on. I offer the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, you know, a fault you'd have to say for two of the goals where he switched off. And I think I record in a back three generally isn't great. And, and so that is a slight worry. Uh, but I, I will, you know, I know we'll go on to Sunderland later, but I thought that was a much better showing from him Uh, and I know that there were a few question marks over David Stockdale and I I think maybe for the second goal he's culpable or certainly could have done better and it's interesting that Stockdale was well aware of some of the criticism that he came in for after that match well yeah he showed the strength of character that he's got all his experience and if it wasn't for Stockdale Wednesday wouldn't have left MK Dons with all three points. And um, yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, he's already showed his value in that you know, he's won Wednesday two points there. Credit, credit, real credit to him for that because yeah, he did get a lot of um, stick. My my mate that I go to the football was screaming and shouting at him at the um, Portsmouth game just so that he knew just how bad he really thought that he was. Um, the way to respond to, to that is the self-awareness that, that he showed in terms of acknowledging that but then also to respond with a great performance you can't really ask much more than than that um i kind of amalgamate all these things together for that first game and say my concern really was that it just looked like a disorganized defense and, and everyone's got to take their fair share of the blame for that you, you can pick on dominic iofa as kind of like you know if you watch the replays of the goals you'd say he's the one that's at fault but actually there's just there's very little communication going on there david stockdale is the last line of defense he's got to take some responsibility in terms of how he communicates with his defense as well and we got caught with three i mean they weren't identical but they weren't far off you know three very similar goals and and stuff like that just shouldn't happen you know a team that just because we can exploit them here and it happens three times over you, you've got to learn those um lessons so i think i think we're all right to just kind of like stick that in a bit of a box now and say all right opening day of the season stuff to learn let's just hope that that's it now that that that, that kind of you know catastrophic defending has been 
done pre-season, stretch into that first game of the season. After that, two clean sheets, very different matches. Uh, but but that hopefully is showing us the sign of things to come. Um, did you agree with Dominic Iorfa being dropped after that? I know the performance was one worthy of dropping, but you know a player that looked like he he was just unconfident. He looked unconfident on the on the ball, and um, you know dropping a player in in those circumstances can do quite a bit of damage. I would have stuck with him personally at MK Dons. I, I thought it was going to dent his confidence being left out. Um, but no, Darren Moore we've seen is not afraid to tinker and he made four changes at MK, which again, I don't think many people would have predicted. Okay. One was enforced with, you know, uh, Lee Gregory's red card, but yeah, yeah, I mean, George Byers was the biggest shock. I thought Byers was very good on the opening day. And so I expected him to be in midfield. And, And frankly, George Byers has been one of the standout performers so far for Wednesday. Uh, and yeah, you know, Darren Moore, as is his way, rejigged the team around. And, um, you know, I thought that they actually had good balance to them at MK with uh, Akin Femiwo coming in. But then we all know what happened then with um, Femiwo in getting injured. And it sounds like it's a bad one, you know, which is, yeah. that's a huge blow for Wednesday. And certainly on the transfer front now, they've got three weeks to go as we record uh, this podcast until the window shuts. They have to go get a centre half. They don't have the depth there. You know, you're talking about Reese James, Liam Palmer, Ryan Galvin, potentially as candidates to play on the left side of the back three. Not ideal. And and I know Wednesday have to for me go get a recognised centre half in, and the chances are probably be, will be left footed, as it sounds like with Fumeiwo, it's going to be months. And uh, I thought. Yeah, he showed some decent signs as well. Quite a bit of promise at MK. So I, that's that's a disappointment that. You know, Darren Moore has talked a bit about him seeing him as a project and he's 23. And he, again, he looks like a good athlete, left-footed, pace, power, decent in the air. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got a lot of potentials for Mayo. So you just hope that he makes a speedy recovery and they come back a better player. Yeah, and obviously we wish him all the best. I mean, that is, um, it, it is sadly a pattern at Sheffield Wednesday, isn't it? Getting injured on your debut. It's not the first time that it's happened, but, you know, gutting to um, to, to, to see that. I, I was out of the country. I didn't see any of the MK Dons match. I've not, I've not seen the, I've seen stills of the penalty. I've not seen the incident or anything, um, anything like that. So I'd be interested in your view on the match as a whole. From what I can gather from people, not a classic game of football, but grinding out a, a win fine with that away from home a lot of question marks with regards to the penalty inside the box outside the box um i think actually i say a a bit of debate about it i think most people will actually concede it probably was outside the box but you know what you know we we, you need that bit of luck if you're gonna have a good season you you win some you lose some not gonna lie i thought it was a penalty live and i was looking straight at it and the way windass had gone down and then the officials took what seemed to be an eternity to make the decision and so I was thinking that you know it was a definite foul but yeah I mean the replays you can clearly see that that was outside of the box and uh, you know your Wednesday um, they've actually had uh, you know a, a little bit of rub of the green haven't they I think in the first two matches it's fair to say and uh, you, you need that luck you do uh, to go your way again if you're going to be successful 
But no, Wednesday were good value for the lead at half time, and you know as I touched on before, you know, that Delhi Bashiri chance. If they'd scored the second, that would have killed it off. I mean, Milton Keynes to me on that performance and how they've started the season, they're not going to finish third this time around. You know, to me, they look a weaker side than what they were last season, and they're going to do well, I think, to be in the top half. You know, come the end of the season, you know they look a bit toothless up front. So unless they add some serious quality at the top end of the pitch, I would say that MK Dons, I wouldn't be banking on them finishing in the top six. And yeah, for Wednesday, it, it wasn't pretty, James. It really wasn't. It was a little bit ugly. You know, I'd have liked to have seen them retain possession a lot better than what they did in the second half. You know, they sort of allowed MK Dons to get into their passing game and rhythm too much for my liking. Um, but they got the job done. And uh, so, you know, what more can you say? And, you know, we asked for a big defensive improvement and we got that. And then David Stockdale has put in, you know, a man of the match performance, made three or four really important saves to you know ensure Wednesday left with the three points. And so, um, yeah, you know, if, if Wednesday have to show that steal more away from home. They have to do it regularly this season. We know it was the away form that massively let Wednesday down and why they didn't finish in the top two last season. And they've got to be targeting 12 to, I'd say, 14 wins away from home. Like, you know, they, have, they should be aiming to win minimum half of their away matches. And with the players they've got, they're more than capable of doing that. Yeah, I think, I think two psychological things that come from that firstly first win on the board right just you know, the, the sooner you can get that i think the, the better and we've we've seen seasons i'm probably going back quite a few years here where wednesday have, have turned in decent performances and got some good draws but it's taken a while to get that first win of the um of the season so i think you know it doesn't really matter how you get it the, the point is is getting that first win psychologically is great um and as i said I, w- I was away so i was following the game on um twitter on um on my phone while i was in frankfurt you were following me weren't you mate that's what you were doing I- always following you it's all i do um and and you know when it's kind of announced whatever it was however many minutes of injury time you know y- your heart sinks and you think we've read this script so many times one nil away from home and it was almost i was just sat refreshing it ex- just waiting for it waiting for it to to happen and it didn't and psychologically there's something in that which is all right two or three seasons now conceding late goals has been a real theme doesn't need to continue there's no there's no reason why that needs to continue this season so you know just hanging on in difficult circumstances to get the three points psychologically that's a win definitely and the, you have to say the mentality has improved hugely under Darren Moore you know, their ability to deal with adversity you know we've seen it a, a few times last season didn't we where they've come from behind to win football matches uh, and, you know, they didn't show that resilience for that period when they got relegated at all. You know, they folded uh, like a pack of cards. You know, they were shocking for that. And we were moaning all the time. And, you know, it, it does take time to you know, get, get the right personnel in, to get the the characters and the players that you believe are leaders. And, you know, Wednesday have that mix now. And they have one of the older squads in the division and so 
they shouldn't be conceding the amount of late goals that they did last season. I don't expect there to be a repeat this time around. And, and you know, they brought players in defence who, you know, Ben Hennigan is a throwback. He's a head it and kick it. And, you know, I love that. You know, that he's exactly the player Wednesday needed in that position. And then Ihequa is a proven League One serial promotion winner. So, you know, we've seen what he can do. He's already played in every position in that back three this season. So you've seen the versatility of him. But, it, yeah. you know, also underlines, as usual, the injury problems that seem to plague this football club. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I was pretty positive on the whole. I didn't really get, actually, there were some some moaners out there about, oh, you know, with the style of play, it wasn't very good, second half, blah, blah, blah. They got the win. Uh, you know, four points from the first two matches. They've got eight new players in. There's still more players to come in, right? It, it, <laughs> Rome wasn't built in the day, so there does have to be some perspective and there does have to be some patience. We know about the expectations surrounding Sheffield Wednesday this season and that the bookmakers, the pundits, everybody expects them to be finishing first or second. Uh, but it's not as simple as that. And there are some good sides in this league. Wednesday do not have a divine right to get promoters. They've got to earn it. And mm-hmm. you, you earn it by digging in and grinding out results when you're not playing your free-flowing football like they did at MK. Nicely nicely done. Well said, well said. Um, obviously, there was, we touched on this earlier, actually, one noticeable absentee against um, MK Dons was, was Lee Gregory. We've not talked about that... Um, sending off it, it was it was a, a bit of a mess from the officiating point of view um I, I was I was quite close to it so I saw the red card a lot of people didn't see the red card or, or didn't seem particularly clear on what had happened I'm not even sure if Lee Gregory was particularly sure if he'd been sent off or not Darren Moore certainly wasn't sure whether he'd been sent off it was uh, a, a, a bit of a mess I must admit at, at the time it, it, there was a gap between him showing him the yellow card and then showing him the Red. I suspect the ref didn't realise he'd already booked Lee Gregory, and then when he checked and thought, I'm going to have to send you off now because he's given a second yellow. I don't think he'd have given him the second yellow if he knew that it meant he'd have to send him off because I'm not sure it was a second yellow um, uh, offence. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have a view on that or whether it's one that we just write off now. It was very farcical. I thought it was a bit of a silly challenge uh, for the second booking anyway from Gregory. It was a striker's challenge. He, sh- he should know better, shouldn't he? Experienced player. Uh, just just clear your lines. He, he, he dug himself into a bit of a mess there. Yeah, it, but let's just put it down to ring rust. And we saw that with a few Wednesday players and on the day. And yeah, we were concerned that he was missing just the one match as you still look at the Sheffield Wednesday squad and think if there is an area that they are a little bit threadbare on quality, it is in attack. You know, if, if you know, you're looking at it and going, Callum Patterson hasn't scored since March. His hold-up play at MK was not the best. You know, he looked like a guy that is a bit short on confidence himself. Josh Windass is he really a striker, or is he more of a number ten? An out-and-out striker is Gregory, but he wasn't available, as we know, at MK. Uh, and then you've got Silaso, who we don't know if he's going to still be a Sheffield Wednesday player come the end of the transfer window. Um, and then Michael Smith is injured. So, yeah, you know, that, this is why Wednesday there is some urgency 
and the club are trying to get another strike or two in. And they're looking for that balance and that point of difference where they can maybe bring in some more pace up front. And I do think that they need that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've not really talked about Michael Smith. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that um, in a bit when we talk about um, upcoming games. Let's move on to Sunderland um, then. Lots of changes, as expected for this, on, on, on both sides. Overall, you'd have to say it was a pretty solid Wednesday performance. By far the better team on the night. Two very good goals in it for very different um, reasons, but you know, worthy, worthy winners. Absolutely, and I, I think back to when Wednesday got stuffed in the Pizza Cup by Hartlepool last year, and I think we'd have moaned on the podcast then that oh, you know, the fringe players who came in, well, they played themselves out of the first team contention now with the performances they put in. Well, yeah, against Sunderland. Pretty much all of the players who figured have gone, Darren Moore, you've got to pick me. Like, I deserve to be starting. And you know, the midfield three will take a lot of the plaudits, you know, the energy the, that they showed. And in, in Dennis Adenaran, brilliant for him. You know, he's had such a rotten luck, hasn't he, with injuries. And, and you know, that was his first competitive appearance since January. And so, yeah, to contribute in front of the Sky cameras, goal of the season contender, magnificent assist, brilliant for him. Still don't think he's going to start on Saturday. But that's <laughs> that's the position we're in now at Sheffield Wednesday, where in central midfield, I, I honestly don't believe that in League One, anyone can beat Sheffield Wednesday's midfield for the competition and the, the the strength and depth, the quality that they've got there, the variety. It's the best midfield for me in League One, hands down. Can't, can't argue with you at all. And um, we, we touched on this, didn't we, in, in, in the first episode of the season where we you know, were kind of saying it's, it's a real dilemma for Darren Moore. If, if you know, if we're going to play this, this system, you know, three from those players is going to be tricky. And... You know, you, you want the scenario to come round where they're all playing well and everyone's staking a claim, and then it's you know how how do you decide three from them? Um, so great, great to see Adenarin back in the goals. Just great to see him play football again. I I, I said a while ago, he kind of like the forgotten man, wasn't he? That you know, I just thought oh, he's not really going to be in contention this season. Well, you know, he's proved me well and truly wrong there, which is brilliant to see. Um, first opportunity for us to really see Backinson um, who looked like you could see there's a player there he looked like someone who's not played for a while touch was a little bit iffy at, at, at times um, and, and seemed to kind of dwell on the ball a little bit too much from time to time but there were signs there of, of, of a you know there's a there's a player there isn't there he's a powerhouse midfielder that we've wanted for years James going back to 2016 what did we come away from Wembley saying Wednesday need to go get Tom Huddleston or Modi Army, you know, Jake Livermore, you know, they bullied Wednesday. Well, Backinson, I think, is going to give them, you'd like to think, a bit more physicality there in midfield. And he's different to the other midfielders they've got. It's as simple as that. And you're right. I mean, his game wasn't perfect against Sunderland. There's still areas he's got to sharpen up on. He, but he's a pup. He's only 23. It's the same with Adenor and Dedebashiru and Backinson. Three of the younger members of the squad, and so there are times where we're going to have to 
cut them some slack and maybe you know we can't expect them to you know too much from them and there will be dips in form from mm-hmm. all of them but Darren Moore can rotate he's just in a great position of where you know you're talking about it's difficult selection headaches that Darren Moore's going to have and you're right they've got at the moment they've got seven midfielders to pick from and only three can play if you're including Alex Hunt Alex Hunt may go out on loan in the next few weeks that remains to be seen but Wednesday are playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday relentlessly now for the next few weeks they're all going to get the game time and I, I really think that we're going to see a lot of freshening up and that yeah you know you're not always going to get players who are going to play Saturday then on Tuesday automatically I just think that Darren Moore we've seen enough now from Darren Moore to suggest that he he is going to try and keep everyone fresh for the longer the season goes on Uh, and so yeah I, I no doubt that's what he intends to do in midfield if someone's carrying a slight knock or isn't 100% for whatever reason then he'll take them out and then he'll put some other midfielders in it, there's other areas of the squad it's defence and attack where they still need a little bit more depth and if they can get that in in the next few weeks then they're looking in great business aren't they and 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 you would um you would take Rochdale wouldn't you as 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 you know, the 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 draw I, I don't think there's going to be any easy games but when you kind of think, do you know what? It'd be nice to have a little bit of a cup run. If if there's enough strength there within the squad to be able to rotate and cope with those games, uh, then Rochdale you'd look at and say is a is a winnable game. So um, and that's the point. That's, that's, a, the, that's, that's a good the, draw. And that's the point, isn't it? As well, James, where you'd expect Sheffield Wednesday will go in as into Rochdale as favourites to then get through to the third round. So yep. that's going to be an extra match in September. And so the games will start piling up. Then the Pizza Cup comes into play as well. So before you know it, Sheffield Wednesday, as I've said before on the pod, you could be looking at 60-plus matches this season. So it's not going to be a starting eleven that Sheffield Wednesday will... They need more than that to get promoted. They need 18 to 20 players to constantly be available and contributing. Can we not just, like resign from the pizza cup like no one cares about it let's just just not bother let's not compete in that let's put the academy team out unfortunately the rules don't permit you to do that uh but i'm not being funny james i know what you're saying but if rotherham with all due respect if rotherham can finish second and win the papa john's trophies they did last season then why the heck can't sheffield wednesday that's what they should be aiming for. That would be a memorable season. Sheffield Wednesday win the league, win the Papa John's Trophy. That would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? it would. I'm, only bo- great- I'm, o- I'm only bothered about the first one. Don't, no, I'm just I am not, as well. But I am as well. Trophy. But I, I look at you know the players that Wednesday have got, and if they bring in a Malik Wilkes or another couple of players between now and the bell, and they're probably strengthening again in January if they're in a very good position, then honestly, Wednesday should be fighting on multiple fronts this season. Nothing should phase them. Nothing should fear them at all. As you touched on, it does get relentless for the next few weeks. So um, Charlton at home coming up this Saturday. Then next week is an away week, really. Away at Peterborough and then away at Bolton. 
Um, they particularly look like difficult away games. I think they're going to be really, really tricky. Obviously, then we're back to cup action after that. But let's just focus on those three. Um, I, I mean, none of them are going to be easy either. But, you know, Charlton uh, have been kind of lingering down here for a little while now. Uh, and, and they're going to want to kind of make their mark in terms of setting out. This is going to be a good season for, for them. Peterborough. Um, team that's obviously come down, made a very strong start to uh, life back in League One. Um, and then Bolton, we all know, are going to be one of the contenders this season and you know one of the, the real big clubs in this league. This is a really tricky 10 days. The season starts now. This is when we're going to learn a lot about this Wednesday. Group of players and you know, have they got the metal, the ability... Everything that you need, you know, two of the three matches away from home. And we saw last season that Wednesday they saved the better performances on the road uh, against the top teams. And so I expect Wednesday to turn up when they go to Peterman and Portsmouth. Before then, Charlton, under new management, they've made a good start to the season. Uh, and, you know, they're going to come and have a go. And that should play into Wednesday's hands this season. There's going to be other teams that come to Hillsborough and they look at Wednesday's record this, you know, in this calendar year. They've only lost one, I think, out of 16 matches at Hillsborough. It's, you know, incredible record. So, Forest Green, who come in a few weeks' time, they might think about parking the bus. I don't expect Charlton to. And I think Charlton will try to play on the front foot. And if they do, Wednesday will pick them off. I think, and yeah, I just you know, Wednesday will score lots and lots of goals at home. Uh, this season for me and so I, I think Wednesday will beat Charlton uh, and then I'd take a win from the two, you know the two away matches anything more than that um, it'd be an amazing week now we always said that the first 12 to 15 matches you looked at it, it it's tough for Wednesday and so if they can if they come out of it with say after 10 matches if they've got 20 plus points on the board they're going to be in great shape definitely yeah, I think I'd, I'd lean towards uh, agreeing with you there in terms of six points from, from these three games would be great. Five, not disastrous, but it would be great to get you know another couple of um, wins under our, our, our belt. Uh, it would be lovely, wouldn't it, to next time we sit down to record a podcast, if we're still talking about an unbeaten start to the to the season, you know that that would be really really great, and, and maybe even if that means five points rather than six points, um, you know it would be great to kind of keep that that run going. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll see how things unfold. I, I think um, what we can say, James, is the defence is going to get seriously tested. Uh, yeah. Pete Peterman, Bolton, the firepower they've got; those are two teams that score plenty of goals and uh, so there can't be a repeat of what you know we were talking about before with Portsmouth there can't be that you know they have to be really strong and they they will be put under the under the cost sometimes uh, and so they will have to deal with that and uh, yeah it's going to be two great tests for Wednesday away from home you know I'm really looking forward to those two particularly just to see where this Wednesday team are at as Darren Moore sort of continues to fine-tune that squad a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, hopefully, as well, of course, in the next couple of weeks, we will have some more new arrivals to be uh, to be discussing as well. Um, obviously, Michael Smith. What, what's kind of the latest there in terms of? Uh, we know it, it's apparently a bit of a minor thing, but uh, are, are we expecting to see him anytime soon? It's a niggle, James. It's uh, it's, it's a niggly injury. I That's just what it don't is. know what a niggle is, Dom. You're gonna have to help me. It's uh, a niggle that probably keeps a player out for a minimum of two weeks. So uh, I, I, I've heard decent news on him. In that I know that there was a bit of talk on social media when it sort of came to light that he's got an injury and people were thinking, oh, it's going to be six weeks. I don't think it's as bad as that. Um, I, I reckon the next league match that we might see Michael Smith could be Forest Green on the 27th. Uh, but hopefully it'd be available for uh, you know the second round of the cup, and who knows if things if he carries on progressing really well, he might be back before then. Um, so yeah, you know, but <laughs> just for Wednesday, yeah, they, they could do him back as like I said before, they need more options up front, and Michael Smith could be a seriously big player for Sheffield Wednesday this season, and they need to get him into the team to then work out his strengths and his weaknesses. And then see, you know, who is the best partner for Michael Smith? Is it Windass? Is it Gregory? Is it somebody else? You know, these are things that will need to be ironed out pretty soon. And so that's why Darren Moore will be keen to get him back into the fold as soon as possible. But at the same time, he doesn't want to bring him back and then for him to break down again and then Smith to be out for a long period of time. We've seen that happen too many times in the last few years. We've seen that, that film too many times with Sheffield Wednesday in the last few years, so we don't want that with Michael Smith. And just very quickly, in terms of Lee Gregory, uh, we know it was precautionary. All the noises seem to be fairly positive in terms of the fact that there's nothing serious there with with him. Yeah, I mean, Darren Moore said it was tightness, and I know that I think the uh, the Sky coverage was saying that it, it it was potentially his hamstring. So you know, everyone's straight away fearing the worst there. But I think you know he'd be assessed over the, sort of the next 48 hours. And um, I think Gregory didn't look too concerned about it. I think Wednesday basically looked at it and they wanted to give him an hour because he'd not played at MK. And so they're trying to get minutes into him. And I know that there were some fans out there who couldn't understand why Gregory was played in the first place. But I, you know, I think that it was right for Wednesday to play Gregory. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, just an unfortunate thing, isn't it? That, uh, he's picked up a little bit of a knock, but yeah, yeah, we're, we're crossing our fingers that he'd be available for Charlton on Saturday. Before we go, James, I mean, what team is Darren Moore going to put out at Charlton? Do you go back to the the side that played and got the job done and the result at NK, or, or do some of the players who played against Sunderland come into the equation? What 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 do you do? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how the heck you answer that. Um, I, I, I agree with you that I don't think we'll see Dennis Adenarin starting. Um, I suspect that it will be more like the team that, that played at um, MK. Obviously, a lot will depend on whether or not there are players coming back into contention in terms of their uh, fitness. Uh, but yeah, I, I suspect it'll be pretty similar to what we what we saw there. Gregory, if he's fit, 
and Windass, I think, is the way that I would yeah. go up front. And then it, it's it's the left side of the defence, isn't it? If Wednesday don't bring somebody in before the weekend, it, it's then with Darren Moore wanting that balance and a natural left footer, he might stick with Reese James, who I thought was pretty solid on his debut. You know, he barely put a foot wrong, and it's not his natural position. So I wouldn't be against Reese James staying there. But he could put Liam Palmer. I mean, Liam Palmer does not deserve to be left out. Liam Palmer was great yeah. against Sunderland. But Jack Hunt is also fresh, fit and available. So it's how you accommodate everyone. Um, good options. Good options to have. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, we will uh, we will see. That is going to wrap us up for this episode of Singing the Blues. Big thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors. Um, if you want to get in touch with Ollie, then head to titolaw.co.uk. Uh, you can find Dom on Twitter at Domhausen or me at James Marriott and the show at Dom and James. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, all the links to our different pages are on our website and on the show notes for this episode thank you for listening up the owls and we'll see you next time 